With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is IAQ Radio. Indoor air quality radio. The voice of the indoor air quality industry. With your host, Radio Joe Hughes and the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick. And now, Radio Joe Hughes. Good day and welcome to IAQ Radio Plus. We've got a great show for you today. We've got Jim Harris Sr. He's going to be joining us to talk a little bit about uh, his founding and being chairman of Concepts for and Janitronics. And also he's the co-founder and chairman of Siri, the Cleaning Industry Research Institute. Before we get started, we want to make sure we thank our sponsors and starting with our our newest sponsor, uh, let's see if we can't make sure. Uh, yeah, Siri, the Cleaning Industry Research Institute. See more deeply through science and research. Learn more at SiriScience.org. IAQ Radio Platinum sponsor is John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at johndon.com. That's J-O-N-D-O-N.com. I also want to thank our gold sponsors, Particles Plus, Healthy Indoors Magazine, Gray Wolf Sensing Solutions, and AEML Inc. Laboratory. And, of course, our association sponsors, the Indoor Air Quality Association and the Restoration Industry Association. And now you can win a cool prize. It's time for the IAQ Radio Trivia Question. Be the first to correctly answer. Simply email your answer to czlotnik at cs.com or if listening live just text your answer from your computer and now here's the z-man with this week's iaq radio trivia question hello everyone congratulations go out to doug conan aerotech environmental dayton ohio he was the first to identify wj scott as the scientist who in 1953 established bacterial growth correlated to water activity, not to water content. The IEQ radio trivia question for today, April 5, 2019, has been sponsored by Ideas, the solution chemistry company, providing unique solutions to odor removal, surface cleaning, and decontamination problems. Here is today's trivia question. Name the publisher of Dr. Michael Berry's book, Protecting the Built Environment, Cleaning for Health. Back to you, Joe. Oh, tough one, Cliff. All right. Today's guest is Jim Harris Sr. He's a consultant, trainer, corporate executive, and entrepreneur. He's managed a productive and successful career in the cleaning industry for 45 years. Jim started Janitronics Facility Services in 1972 as a local cleaning service. Company has since evolved into a seven-branch comprehensive cleaning, maintenance, and management service but has a new approach. Thinking small, they specialize in creating and sustaining a healthy indoor environment, utilizing state-of-the-art effective cleaning systems based on validated cleaning science research. 
Mr. Harris is also the co-founder and chairman of the Cleaning Industry Research Institute, which I had the website wrong, cleaningscience.org, uh, uh, seriescience.org. I'll get this right. Unfortunately, I had a ink problem here, and my color ink is all gone on my show notes today, Cliff, so I'm a little confused. Jim, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thank you. Glad to be here. And, uh, you know, it's 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 been I, I was really fascinated doing some research on on what you what you have done over the years and the the, the type of business you've built. And I, I know you're up in there, Albany, uh, New York area. How did you know what what got you started in this business in the cleaning business? Well, I got headhunted a long time ago when I was working for a janitorial supply company into a Fortune 500 company to work as a regional manager for one of their operations in the cleaning business. And one thing, uh, one thing led to another, and I was, I was bringing ideas to my boss, of which he would say, yeah, Jim, sure, we'll get around to it, and so on and so forth. <laughs> so he never did. So I left. And then I went and started my own business, uh, and I've been working ever since. <laughs> and still working. All right. Are you in the office now? I am in the office. Yeah, I'm in the office. The consulting has uh, taken on a big turn. The business now is operated on a daily basis by my son, Jim, who's doing a hell of a job. And uh, we've been in consulting for quite a while. So additional to the consulting, we've added a software package that has taken a lot of time and effort, but it's turned out to be pretty good. And we got some good, good activity on that. So, you know, you gotta be, I don't know. I got too many friends who sold their business and they sort of lost their identity. And um, I gotta tell you straight up and down. I enjoy work. I enjoy building things. I enjoy helping people grow and management people and frontline people. I, I love customer enjoyment i love competition and uh so i i uh just keep going as long as i can cliff turn it over to you yeah joe i know that one of the things that really made your business unique is what you refer to as the team cleaning concept and what i'd like you to do is explain to me and our audience how team cleaning is different from the way it's done traditionally yeah, actually, it's an excellent question because most people think of anything associated with team, it means people working together. Mm -hmm. They don't work together. There is one team where a person starts a cleaning process and another one follows, uh, but that's about it. They're, and they're not that the different production rates and so on and so forth. So what, what the reality is in the industry, for as long as I've been in it, there's a system called zone cleaning. Take take a person and assign them square footage and have them do everything. Mm -hmm. uh, we look at it differently. We break the position down to specialists. So they have like duties. For example, in an office building, someone will start out doing the light duty work, uh, dusting, pulling trash, and so on and so forth. Another person will be vacuuming. Another person will be cleaning restrooms and so on and so forth. Now, they don't run into each other. They're they're integrated through the system. It's a workflow pattern, and uh, it works extremely well. It's highly focused. 
workers know exactly what's expected of them. Uh, it does take training to, to understand how the system works, but the benefits are, are very strong. There's a heavy focus of, of quality. Uh, all the work gets done. Uh, the production rates are higher than in regular zone cleaning. So there's only two forms of cleaning for the practitioner and service provider. One is team cleaning and one is zone. All the other stuff that you read about or hear about is just spinoffs of that. And we've been extremely successful with team cleaning over the years. In fact, the reason it happened was because Larry Scheidler, uh, who founded ProTeam, uh, designed a backpack. And we found out we could vacuum in seven, seven and a half hours a day and not, not have a high level of fatigue. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, a very, it's a very good system. Uh, I have been impressed with workflow from Toyota mm-hmm. for many years. And Dr. Deming and his concepts of system thinking. And I've applied that to our operation. It's made a world of difference. Hmm. How long ago did you apply the, the Deming principles to, to your operation, Jim? Uh, that's interesting. It was probably 25, I'm going to say 20 or 25 years ago. I went to a one-day seminar at a local university. And this guy is talking about systems. And he came up with a phrase that I said is very interesting. I have always told our employees there's always a better way to do any process. We just don't know about it. Well, that's called continuous process improvement. I didn't know that. Well, that hooked me. And I said, wait a minute, this guy Deming. And I don't want to sound arrogant, but he thinks like I think. I mean, this is so logical. So I began to read in everything about him. He was only surplanted in my thinking with a guy named Dr. Barry. Because when I got to meeting Dr. Barry, I saw the same type of teaching and leadership in that they were very clear and precise of what they were saying, and they were very energized over it, uh, with it. And that's where I also hooked into the cleaning for health, set that mindset in our company. So that combination of resource, Deming, Barry on cleaning, and the Toyota way helped me put the package together that we are now. In fact, we put this into universities. We put it into uh, with contractors. Uh, any place there's large facilities, we put this system in. Hmm. Is that the type of consulting you were talking about earlier, is helping groups like universities and, and so forth, hospitals, um, implement this kind of system? Exactly. What we do is we have a division called Concepts 4, and what Concept 4 does is, is provide training for team cleaning, and also we've developed a software to go along with that. So that's just – software is just now coming out of the chute. I had no idea what it was going to cost to develop it. I uh-huh. wouldn't have done it, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of money, but we're My good. Guys we smile good product. That one, <laughs> Cliff. Let me turn it over to you. I'm going to see if I can find my Michael uh, Barry. Thanks, Joe. Um, in 1972, uh, when you started the business, um, you know, uh, according to the website and things I've read about you, you were thinking really big. And my question is, when did you begin to to think small? 
Yeah, you know, I'll tell you something interesting. One of the one of the things I found was I was so much of me too. It wasn't funny. I mean, a cleaning contractor is a me too. And I understood enough to know there ought to be a way of differentiation. Mm-hmm. So I did a I did a I did a couple of things. One thing to get the word out. I didn't know anybody. Now I know everybody in my town and so on and so forth. So I bought golf balls, uh, about 10 dozen golf balls. Mm-hmm. And on Friday nights, I would go out to all the country clubs. And I would go to a, a, a floor, a, a hole, and I would throw a ball with my name on it out <laughs> into the fairway. But I didn't quite go to the fairway. I went to the rough. And the reason for that was after I figured this out and designed this, I said, if I'm walking down the fairway and there's a ball sitting there, I know it belongs to somebody else. If I go off in the rough, then I know that somebody forgot it or they can't find it. So this was going on, and all of a sudden, I'd go to a cocktail party that I'd be invited to or some event, and somebody would say, Jim from Janetronics, hell, I know you. Now, he didn't know me from Adam. I heard about you. He didn't hear about me either. He found one of my damn golf balls. So mm-hmm. we engaged in a conversation. <laughs> All part came in to the differentiation with my fellow contractors. We put an ad out one time. I can't remember how it went, but we take care of the small things. Was it? We had a picture of, of a wastebasket with a little, a little tiny piece of paper down in the bottom where we made sure we pulled out. The small things has to do the, to the efficacy of cleaning. The small things have to do with maintaining the process without breaking it. All the small things make up the big things. So our advertising and promotion went in that direction, and we started to get calls. You, know, you, you mentioned, that's kind of, it sounds like that's kind of part of your success in the cleaning industry, thinking about the small things, implementing the systems management I'm wondering how customers, um, and, and if you could maybe give listeners some tips on, on the whole cleaning for health perspective. Is that something that the customers relate to? Or are, they, are they willing to pay a little more for it? Because it's, it's, I assume it's going to cost a little more to do it, obviously, uh, to use HEPA vacuums instead of a regular vacuum to, uh, you know, to clean those small things. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, it's, it's pretty simple, and it's not more expensive. Hmm. First of all, it's a mindset. You've got to get your employees thinking about health, having them understand the importance of the indoor environment, having them understand how they remove things from the surface, and they dust properly, and they vacuum properly, and so on and so forth. Unfortunately, mark uh, cleaning for health today has become a marketing phrase. Companies use it and they don't even know what the hell it means. They have it on their brochure. This is just, this is typical, this is typical business stuff. But we make sure that when we put new process, processes in our company, we'll have somebody come in and give us a presentation. And without, I can guarantee you, one of our guys are going to ask, one question, and they're going to do it all the time. And the question is, what is the science behind your process? Can you talk to me about that? Can you t- talk to me about the validation of what you're talking about? 
and that's that's been born into, into our whole our whole system and our whole operation. And you know, people need to have a reason to do things. We don't do things without a reason, or we'll stop doing things if there's not enough reason there for it. So we have to give them reasons, and that's where the training comes in. So in order to reach a high performance level, you need to have an understanding of cleaning efficacy. You need to have an understanding of cost containment, and you have to have a management system in place to sustain the quality. And that's high performance cleaning, and that's what we specialize in, and that's what we teach. You know, Jim, I know that you've traveled. Uh, I remember uh, reading an article, I think, where you took your son, I think, when he was probably still in high school. He went with you to Bern, Switzerland, and you were giving a presentation uh, over there. Is there a difference between how people that are involved in building facility management, custodians, et cetera, uh, are looked upon uh, in Europe compared to how they're looked upon in the United States? Uh, yeah, I think that, I th- you know, I hadn't thought about it, but I got to tell you, you're on to something. In certain countries, some some countries, it's it's kind of an elitism. I don't want certain people cleaning my home, for example. Uh but you're right, Joe or Cliff. In the, in this industry, and this is what just POs means no end. That's probably why I'm, I'm so involved in Siri. In this industry, that operative doesn't have a lot of respect, except for the day custodian janitor who gets along with all the kids and so on and so forth. That's kids being natural. The 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 reputation of cleaning personnel uh, is not high. Uh, And in some cases, it's disrespected. Mm -hmm. Now, in our organization, we make sure we have over 2,000 employees and everyone, without exception, is in a uniform. And everyone, through team cleaning, because we've simplified, basically, team cleaning can be broken down to work simplification and redistribution. They all know exactly what's expected of them. They all have a job card. It says, here's where you go. Here's what you do. Here's the allotted time you have to do it, and so on and so forth. It sets up a good span of control for management, so on and so forth. In Siri, what we're trying to do, we're trying to put a roundtable together, if you will, of all the different elements that make up the cleaning industry from research all the way to the mop. And in, in, in that regard, to help elevate the custodial staff, the person operating a floor machine or carpeting care, carpet care, or, or any type of uh, restoration, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. is to bring that pride to that worker, to that frontline person. Because that's when the service touches the required need. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the place where you can't lie. That's the place where it comes to that point when the mop hits the floor, if you will. 
and and that that is something that's different in other countries. Uh, Dr. Shaughnessy, who works with us, uh, will show you some pictures that he has that he takes from different parts of the world, and he'll go through classrooms, and he'll say, "Can anybody notice which classroom is from America?" And absolutely, they know it's the one that's all messy. Mm -hmm. All the other countries, everything is in place. So it starts with that dignity and goes and goes into the workforce. That's my experience. Joe? You know, I, I appreciate, uh, well, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about this. How has um, your emphasis on science and cleaning for health led to other opportunities in the cleaning industry for your group? Well, it's such a part of our makeup, Joe. I don't know how I can differentiate it. We've for years and years and years we've we just think that way. We do things that way. We don't look at our competition or uh, or anything else. Um, we're very concerned about efficacy. Uh, does a system give us what we want? We use ATP to test uh, on processes that. Uh, you know, that uh, we want to know how well they are. It's just a mindset. It's just the way we think. And, uh, and is that answer? You? I don't know. If I'm well, no, what I guess I was wondering is if you, has that allowed you to branch into other non-traditional cleaning services like, you know, um, hospital type work or clean, clean room type work or. Oh, well, that's all part of what we do anyway. Yes. We're into, we have, uh, uh, we have about, 20 to 25 percent of our business is in high-tech clean rooms another 25 percent is in surgical centers and medical centers and such of that and the balance is made up of a variety of types of uh, facilities education and what have you uh, the uh, interesting thing about clean rooms is uh, the difference between parental drug, for example, where we have some major properties in parental drug, uh, as compared to uh, uh, particle, particle uh, being the big problem in the clean room. We have one. We have one clean room that is uh, three hundred thousand square feet on ISO five. Wow! And uh, it's it's an it's an incredible designed to look at from an engineering perspective to to see the uh, the air exchange process and so on and so forth and and the training of people in that room they learn very quickly the toughest part of it is getting in and out of the gowning not the cleaning process the cleaning process is pretty simple it's not complicated of course you don't see what you're cleaning the parental drug is different the parental drug deals with uh a higher degree of uh, san uh, uh, sanitation. It's 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 got to be uh, in perfect condition, and that's that's a big job because sometimes you got big vats or various things. So they both present strong challenges, hmm. and we we pay well, obviously, and the retention is the retention is 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 pretty good with employees, frontline employees. Yeah, they're two they're two, they're two exciting fields. Uh, and I think we're going to see more and more of it as time goes on, especially the semiconductor area, although it has its dips and ebbs, but it depends on what we, what, uh, what people, what chips people are looking for. 
you know, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to get bigger and more important for people within our industry. And I'm wondering, um, because I don't have a great deal of experience. I've done very little with clean rooms. When, when you're doing your clean room work, um, do your people spot check themselves? How do they do that? Um, then when they're done, is there a third party that does the, the final uh, testing if it's necessary to ensure that the areas, you know, meeting the ISO five standard or whatever standard, how, how does all that work, Jim? Well, of course it's all of, it's all of what you said. You're training, you're training the operative, the operator to be very conscious of what they're doing in both cases, parental and, and semiconductor in both cases. You, uh, like if I, if, I, if we wash, pardon me, if we clean a tabletop, a stainless steel tabletop top, there's, there has to be an overlap. There's, it's very specific design. There's no, there's no, no. Then you have to sign a document when you through that you did it the right way and such. Each of the frontline people have to police themselves. The other aspect of this, the supervisors have ways of measuring. Now everything in the room is measured, either particle counters or different different types of measurement. So we can't, and and we're ISO, we're ISO certified. So there's the process is very deliberate and very specific it comes down to money plain and simple uh if you have a bad batch of a of a, of a chemical or a, 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 a medical solution or you have a bad batch of, of, of chips it's all returned hmm. you can't have that so you got to make sure you get one shot at this and you do it right and they have to rely on the staff now they outsource that because that's not their expertise. Their core process is to produce wafers or in the parental drug, it's to produce medicine and stuff, have you? Well, that's our core. They're good at we do, what they do and we're good at we, what we do. So we're the specialists and we're the professionals in that field. And, and they see it that way. I want to go off on a slightly different tangent, Jim. I suspect from time to time in your career, uh, you've been faced with a disaster uh, in a building, either a fire or more likely a, a water damage uh, has occurred. And I'm just wondering whether you see any similarities between facility maintenance, disaster restoration. And then the second part of the question is, why didn't you ever get into that? Well, um, we did, we did, I did try to get into that. Okay. And I came in through fire restoration. Okay. And I don't know if I can say this or not. I saw too many, too much deal making, quite frankly. Okay. And I said, to hell with this. Okay. I, I'm not going to break this market. This market is sold. So I backed away from it mm-hmm. and I looked also at, at restoration and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm and found out that I got to be good at what I do because I'm not good at what they do. And there's an awful lot of training and awful lot of very high technical stuff that's on that side of the equation. And I said, let me, let me stay in my lane and, and be good at what I do. So that's how that all played out. Okay. I, I got a lot of respect for those guys. Now, now in facilities, if something of a disaster happens and they contact us, what we do is we have two or three companies we work with and have a lot of confidence and we just pull them in. 
understand the experts at it. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't deal with that. You know, in terms of the training, you said that you, you tend to do a lot of it. Uh, if I was a new hire and you were going to put me into one of your clean room facilities, um, would you do that? Would you hire me directly f- to, to do that? And if so, how long would it take you to train me? Or would you make me work up through the ranks of, you know, doing team cleaning elsewhere, you know, before I ended up getting that job working in the clean room? How do you, how do you? Well, there's not a whole lot of working up through the ranks at the direct front line. Okay. There is working up through the through the ranks with reference to moving into supervision or lead and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So what happens, depending upon the, the position that someone is applying for, there is first an intensive orientation. That goes through a whole process of who's the company, what are the rules and regulations, how do you get paid, what's your coverage and insurance and so on and so forth. Then they're assigned to a facility. And then a, a part of that, training is continued with that facility manager. Now, in the case of the, I'm not completely up to date these days with all of the clean room activity, but certainly you can recognize that the uh, training is a little bit different for the clean room. The parental is a little bit more demanding than the semiconductor type. But I will say this, people look at this wrong. The most important thing in developing a great training program is to have a great system of cleaning so that you reduce the requirement of training, okay? For example, if we're talking about a school or an office building, we're talking about training someone to clean in a zone operation, they have to learn everything, absolutely everything. In the, in, the, in the team cleaning approach, we have to teach him how to vacuum. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. Now, they got to understand what they're doing. That's where more of the training comes in. So it depends on how your system is broken down to determine how you bring people through the system. Okay. Joe, we're probably close to half time. We are. Before we go, I just thought I'd ask one quick question, Jim. Um, with the current economy, you know, we got 3.8% unemployment. Um, how is it, how is that affecting your hiring? Is it uh, getting tougher to hire new people? Or are you able to still get good people on? You've got a pretty, I think you said a thousand people. That's got to be a bit of a, uh, a headache yeah. for you from time to time. Yeah, we have, we have around 2000. 2000. Uh, it's a headache if you don't have a system. It's a headache if you don't put the emphasis on the right things by recruitment, going out to find people and, and attend uh, job fairs and just a hundred different things you do. You just got to do every, everything you can. Now it sh- should be remembered that in a lot of cases, these are not career jobs. It's a big misnomer. These are not career jobs. Some people stay in, the, in a career. That's because they decide to stay there and not grow as a person, but these are not. So therefore you're going to have turnover. Well, we're not afraid of turnover. And we're not afraid of a bad labor market. I've been a believer since I've been in business. I don't care what the market conditions are. I will beat my competitor. I will have a better product. I will hire better people. And I won't be satisfied until I'm in that position. So when people and businesses talk about, oh, business, this market's this, market that, I'm saying, hooray, hooray. 
you guys go ahead and go and complain. I'll help you. I'll say, yeah. Oh, geez. I don't know. I don't sleep at night, but I got to tell you something. It's, it, it, it's how you execute things and recognize the reality of these positions. Now there are positions that do this kind of work in another field. that's highly technical. Like that's what you guys are more familiar with than I am. That's a different ball game. That is a career. Not in the Jansan, not, uh, you can see people in the school district that have been there for years doing the same job. And there's nothing wrong with that, but the benefits keep them there. Well, I'm a businessman and I'm in the marketplace. So I got to put good service out there every day and be very competitive. So I'm going to make sure that my employees know what's expected. So I'm going to have a simplified system that they can operate and, and cut the turnover down to some degree. But basically it's just a question of, a variety of different things that you utilize to, to meet the market demands. All right. Well, we're going to stop and, and thank our sponsors for halftime. Uh, when we come back with the second half of our interview, we've got Jim Harris Sr. We're talking to the chairman and founder of Concepts4 and Janitronics and also the co-founder and chairman of Siri. And by the way, Siri is our newest IAQ Radio Association sponsor, uh, Siri is the Cleaning Industry Research Institute. You can find out more about Siri at SiriScience.org, and that's C-I-R-I. IAQ Radio Platinum Sponsor is John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at johndon.com. That's J-O-N-D-O-N.com. Gold sponsors are Particles Plus Engineers and Manufacturers of feature-rich particle counters and air quality monitoring instrumentation. Learn more at ParticlesPlus.com. Count on us. Healthy Indoors Magazine, a free online digital magazine for industry professionals and consumers. Subscriptions available at HealthyIndoors.com. And AEML Laboratories, free FedEx shipping, great pricing, same-day results, and never a rush fee. Learn more at AEMLinc.com. Gray Wolf Sensing Solutions, who use advanced sensor software technology and embedded computers to provide superior environmental test instrumentation. Visit them at WolfSense.com. Association sponsors are the Indoor Air Quality Association, a multidisciplinary organization dedicated to promoting the exchange of indoor environmental information through education and research. Learn more at IAQA.org and RIA, the Restoration Industry Association, the granddaddy of the restoration industry. Network with leaders. Learn more at restorationindustry.org. All right, we're back for the second half of our interview. We've got Jim Harris Sr., and uh, Jim is the co-founder and chairman of Siri as well. And Cliff, I think I'm going to let you go ahead and run with the questions. Uh, let's talk a little bit, a little bit more about the Cleaning Industry Research Institute. Fascinating organization, and uh, I want to talk a little bit more about their science-based uh, education and uh, the the whole concept behind the Siri organization. Cliff, Thank, thanks, Joe. Well, this is, let's start with a three-part question. Uh, I guess why, how, and when did you decide to spend your money and volunteer your time to help fund Siri? Well, first of all, it's interesting. The, all your sponsors I was just watching, right. 
either are connected together through science research mm -hmm. and cleaning science, or in case they, they write about it. Mm -hmm. So the common denominator in this whole industry of all different types of, of providers of service or manufacturers or what have you are all connected uh, in, in, in the field of, of science research. Now, Siri has taken on a new look this past year because uh, I had a brief talk with a guy named John Downey. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the more expensive talks I've ever talked about. <laughs> John, is, uh, John has joined us and, he, uh, and we basically are giving him uh, some open field to run and do some things, and he's already produced some things, but we are, uh, we're at a point where we're, we're trying to, to, to grow and expand and build and build our basic structure so that we can switch from volunteer to, to uh, a paid organization. Look, here's the, here's the game. The ignorance of cleaning, uh, science cleaning, science of cleaning in our industry is rampant. I have yet to find, every time I get surprised, I, I always go to certain organizations and certain meetings to run the people. I talk about training, and I'm expecting them to give me ideas. This hasn't happened, but they tell me how deficient they are. They can't get the training done, and so on and so forth. Well, in order for us to train our people, we need to have knowledge, and that knowledge is going to come from the science. It's not going to come from products. It's going to come from science and new science. The reason I got so heavily involved, I didn't intend to. I had lunch one day with a fellow that lived in the area and is a publisher of magazines in the industry and other industries by name of Humphrey Tyler. And he invited me for lunch one day and he talked about uh, how do you think it would be if our industry had a research institute? I said, are you kidding me? You know, it's, it's like, you know, is the Pope Catholic? Give me a break. That's, that's, don't we have one someplace? Nope. How involved would you like to be? Oh, I, man, I'll support it. Well, a year, year, year and a half later, I'm chairman of the board, and the guys that started with me had to leave for various things. Just when I was, I just bought a motorhome and a, and a new boat. And I'm about, I'm about a year away from going into semi-retirement. All of a sudden, this thing has plopped in my lap. All right. <laughs> Why? That's a good question. I think you guys know. And I think people that are on this type of a show, I don't have to sell this to. I hope we can get everybody involved. That's the key. But the reason is simple. We as an industry have to find leaders who will give of themselves to improve the industry. We have the responsibility to take the, the, the technology and the, the new concepts that are discovered or, or determined in the area of, uh, of science and have that permeate down through various organizational structures. Like I said before, we got to put this table together with different factions. Just think about this for a sec second. You got 
trainers and instructors and you got manufacturers and you got you got you got bill of service contractors and you got schools and hospitals and you got a bunch of associations and you got whatever we're trying to get people around this table to nurture the growth and the interest of people to be curious of a better way how do we have a help a more healthy environment in schools I don't want a kid to get sick because the, the custodian had a lousy day. We got a challenge here, but there's not, it's not, it's not jumping up at us. We have to dig a little bit for it. So when I got involved with Siri, we had a, we had a symposium about two years ago on disinfectant. We had 23 speakers. I'm saying to myself, disinfectant? We need 23 speakers to talk about disinfectant. Yeah. So during the session, we should have had 4,000 people there. We had like 125. There was a videographer, a female videographer, and a guy on audio. So I said to the group, I says, you know, on the lunch break, can we have a couple of volunteers go into a room off to the side? Can you talk about Siri, of your experiences in this session? And we'll get you on a, on a on a on video. Yeah, sure. So we got about eight or nine, ten people. One thing I noticed is this 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 young gal on the as the videographer. She's she's listening to every word and shaking her head. So when somebody was about ready to go on, I said to her, I we had met before. I said, look, you seem interested in this topic. She says, interested. I'm fascinated. I. I she says, I never knew that there was so much to this subject and, so, and such stupid things we're doing. I said, would you like to be on tape? I'll get your buddy here to, to put the audio together with the tape. She says, yes, I would. Now, if you go on our website and you, on SiriScience.org, you go on our website where you can find the videos, you will see her there. We damn taped her. <laughs> and I said, I said to somebody, I forget who it was, take the other stuff of all these geniuses that you're talking guys about, put them on the shelf someplace. Just use her. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. This is an important organization, and this is struggling right now to get its footing. This is a, this is a big industry, and, and I am supporting it in a number of ways, and I'll continue to support it until we get to a point where either I can't support it or – we've reached a point where they don't need my support in both in some funding and some in leadership. It's an important thing. And I, I hope everybody connected in this industry can come in under one of our memberships. I think you will be very, very pleased with the quality of the experience and the important contribution to our industry. I, I, I don't think it's going to miss. I think we're going to be very successful with it. Joe, do, do you think it's an, age thing you know uh, we're similar in age uh, joe's similar and you know both you and and joe and i've done a lot of industry uh, volunteer work and you know thrown our money uh, in those directions and <clears throat> you know i just i, I don't know i mean do you, I, i'm kind of concerned that I don't see the same, you know, like when I look at our country, you know, whether it's patriotism or respect for police or, 
I just see a lot of things in, in younger generations that were different than our generation. I hope I'm wrong, but I, I hope that young people do get engaged with it. Well, you know, you're speaking about realities. I think I can look over the industry I'm most familiar with is building service contracting. They get into everything, by the way. They get into all types of buildings and all kinds of service requirements, so they get, they get into everything. I can say this. I can say my peers were like myself in many respects. I'm a high school graduate. Uh, built it by myself. I mean, really by myself. And uh, I got some buddies that have gone on and sold or passed away. And, and they had strong commitments to ethics and all those things. So the biggest change I see is the attitudes of, I don't know, it's people in general or young people. Um, we don't have too much respect for anybody. So those who normally don't have a lot of respect are catching hell. But I, I look at it on an organization by organization basis, and I look at the values of an organization. I just talked to a young gal in a, in a hallway uh, who worked in our, in our HR department when she first joined us. And really what it was was pushing some papers around and such. And she caught on like a lot of the young people we have here do. They find an interest that grows and grows because we keep teaching. Mm -hmm. I just bumped into her. She's at one of our huge parental drug operations. And she's on site as an administrator to some of the customer people to work with. I mean, she, she's like changed four levels in the space of two years. So I think it has to do with leadership. I think people aren't that much different. I think when I went, when I was growing up, my connection with the church was different than I see a lot of kids today. I don't know if I can say this or should not say it, but I can tell you the biggest problem in our country is moving away from God. That's not tough for me to say. It's just a damn reality. I agree. People don't want to hear that. But that's the biggest thing. The ethic, forget ethics. We're clear into corruption today. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's not just in the government. It's just, it's, it seems like it's in a lot of things. Why? I don't know. The only thing I can relate is the ethical aspects and the, the movement away from God. And that's, that's my own personal opinion. I have hope. I've met a lot of young, I'm on the board for a long time of youth for Christ. And we work with kids. You want to, I mean, we, you, stories will break your heart. We work with kids, youngsters who go home from school and don't know, they haven't seen their mother in five days and their father in four or five months. Sometimes I come home and some guy is sleeping in the bed they never saw before. I mean, these are not lies. We've got some tough lives going in in our country for young people. We better pay attention to it because it's going to bite us. So maybe age has something to do with it, but actually it's the mores and folkways today. It's the way, it's the way we – everything is cynical. Jim, you can't be that honest. You're just talking. You're just giving a sales pitch. See, that's cynicism. 
and we get a lot of that. But uh, your generational stuff happens, Cliff. I guess that's part of it. Your generation and my generation, that's a whole lot different than the generation that's sort of coming through the pipeline right now. Mm-hmm. And we see it here when we hire people. So for us to hire a, a, a worker, a cleaner, a specialist, it's, it's ratios one to 13 right now. So every 13 people that come in, one's going to get a job, 12 or not. Hmm. How's your ratio with respect to male and female these days, Jim? I don't know. Okay. Just curious off the top of your head. Don't know. Let's talk a little more about the Siri. Um, I got my latest version of the cleaning science quarterly here. I don't know if uh, folks can see it. I, I love this. Uh, I love the fact that there's another IICRC had done some of this a little bit. Uh, they put out maybe a year's worth of uh, this type of a, uh, of, of a magazine. And I'm very pleased to see that you guys have taken this up and run with it. Uh, you call it Cleaning Science Quarterly, and, and all the articles are peer-reviewed. And I'm just wondering if you can talk a little bit about um, what led to this and uh, why you think it's important. It's not inexpensive to put together a, uh, a magazine every quarter of the uh, year and get it out to all the members. And I wonder if you could talk a little more about why you started it and uh, where you think it'll head. I can take no credit for it. This is Downey. His fingerprints are all over it. An association has to have a communication device. There's got to be some way to get to uh, the, the organization. And this particular article, these particular articles in here, Cleaning uh, Professionalism and Competent Management by Michael Berry is, again, uh, he does such a great job. And here, here's what I tell my, my folks in the cleaning industry. We read articles all the time in magazines, in industry publications. These articles are peer-reviewed and overseen by our editor, John. So these things are backed up. For, the way I explain is this. I've written a lot of articles in, in, in magazines for the industry. But if the editor called me up one day and says, Jim, we have started a new policy. Uh, all of the articles that our people write from now on are going to be reviewed by your peers. You know what the first thing out of my mouth will be? Uh, Send that back to me, please. I need to take another look at it. (laughs) Most of the stuff you read in articles is driven by manufacturers and products Mm -hmm. or systems. Somebody's selling something. It's just the way it is. I think the industry periodicals got a little lax in letting all this stuff come through. This this is peer-reviewed science work. This is good stuff. And everybody should look. Um, I don't know how this is going to fly. I only know that it's the right thing to do, and I only know that it's uh, it's very important to a lot of people. It's certainly important on down the line to organizations that are looking to put standards in place that they can they can hang their head on, and so on and so forth. So it's a well worth it's well worth the effort. There's a lot of good people behind it. Our, we make headway slowly. You talk about cynicism. A lot of people say, oh, that's kind of cool. But unless they experience it, 
and if you've been to one of my our, our, our symposia, uh, you'll be back for more. I can see we need to put that symposium information right up front on the website. We'll get that done. You know, the other thing I wanted to mention in this new our, um, quarterly, cleaning science quarterly, the, well, maybe this isn't the newest one. This is winter 2019. I guess, yeah, I guess it could be. This is the and second one. Yeah, this is the second one. Right. Uh, Research to Practice, Methods for Assessing Mold-Contaminated Soft Surfaces by Joe Spurgeon. And uh, Joe's been a guest on the show uh, quite a few, at least a couple of times. And uh, I, I like the fact that um, his article got in here and went through the peer review process because he, frankly, was having trouble getting people to give him feedback. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I, I know, I haven't talked to Joe since seeing this was in here, but I can pretty much guarantee he appreciates the fact that he got some good feedback and probably some hard feedback from peers about what he's publishing. So I think yeah, that's a, lot a, of, a, a lot of these guys and gals, they look for a place to get themselves published, but they want to look to a place that is our type of journal. And, uh, and I've been in this now I know a little bit more about how this is done. I've been in it for a while with Siri. I've seen good, I've seen good science put on the shelf. And that's no good. We got to get that good science into the into the into the flow of work, into the mainstream of servicing people, and, and people learning and the standards for uh, training programs and standards for evaluation and so on and so forth. So th- this is not a just this is an important association. And by the way, memberships are associations, tr- uh, trainers, and. Uh, can I think of the third one? Yeah, no, no, scientist, researcher, trainer, yeah, right. and trade association. Yeah, and the trade association group is going to come the slowest. We recognize that. They meet two times a year as a board and such. So, uh, But it's it's a very inexpensive proposition. It's a great benefit for an association and their members. And sometimes you got to make this stuff available and let it's like, it's like the doggy in the window sale. And you, you, you love the dog and you go inside and, and you say, they say, well, look, would you like to take the doggy home for three or four weeks? They say, oh, can I? Yeah, sure. Take the doggy home. And they take the doggy. And then all of a sudden they get a telephone call from the, from a doggy store. And they says, well, we're going to stop by this afternoon and pick up the doggy. And the person says, you're going to pick up that doggy over my dead body. <laughs> so you, you get involved here with Siri and you see what we're trying to do. Let me put it to you this way, man. We love everybody. We have no enemies. We don't dislike anybody. We don't, we're not in competition with anybody. This is an industry venture for an industry that needs it. When we first got into this, I used to say to people, we have to determine what is true. We have to determine who needs to know. And we have to determine how do we get the information to them. Well, now with, with John coming in and his thinking and his approach to public, public, the publications and stuff he's done in the past, he's given us that extra piece that we've been looking for, and we're pretty damn excited about it. You know, Cliff, I know uh, you may have a question, but I think we've got John. Uh, I want to make sure. Can we bring John in? Let's give it a try. Mr. Donnie? Hey, Joe. I'm here. Great. Good to have you, John. And uh, I just wanted to bring you in and see if you had any comments or uh, questions for Jim. 
Well, I have one comment, um, <laughs> and I've spent <laughs> hard to believe, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So unlike me. Well, um, I my comment honestly is, and I've been working very close with Jim for the past 15, 18 months. Uh, I mean, we meet every week, at least at, at least once a week uh, for, with the executive committee of Siri. And then uh, Jim and I are on the phone or by text or by email pretty much constantly. But I, what I want to say is in all that time, uh, the things I'm hearing on this show, especially in the first half where Jim was talking about uh, Janatronics and uh, his, his businesses and the philosophy, I did. I mean, they were absolutely fascinating to me. I mean, I, I, I hate to, I mean, he's my boss, so I should be, uh, I should be uh, making him feel good, but I'm re that's really not my point. Uh, the things that, that uh, the, the approach that Janatronics has taken, in their business over the course of now over 40 years. What was it, 72? I'll be 50. It'll be 50 years. So um, is, um, I think, I mean, it's just amazing to me. Um, and, and that is unrelated to the series stuff, but you can see how the things connect together between Siri and, um, uh, what he does in, in his industry, uh, in, in the building service contractor industry, the, basically the GMSAN world. Uh, and, you know, I, what I don't understand is why there aren't so many more people doing the same sort of things. Uh, it, mm -hmm. It's just, anyway, that, so that's my comment. I got to tell you, I think we, we all have a lot to learn from the GMSAN world in, in the cleaning in the restoration world, in the indoor air quality world. I mean, I, it goes back to Jim in the beginning of the show, you talked about vacuuming and I just wanted to say, Jim, tell me more about vacuuming. And, you know, what's the right way to vacuum? How do I, you know, do I do it on a diagonal? Do I do it straight? How long do I do it? How far do I, you know, all those things. And, and you guys have done that work in, in one way or another. And, and you can, you can, get that great information, science-based information to people. Um, before we uh, get too close to wrap-up, and Cliff, I'll give you the last word, I did want to mention the Cleaning Industry Research Institute is an institute, not a trade association, a 501c3, if I got that right. That's and correct. I wonder if Jim or you or John could just comment on why it's a 501c3 and how that what benefits there are to being a 501c3? Well, that allows us, that gives us some leeway in things, but also gives us lots of, lots of restrictions. Um, there's a governor control from the IRS to make sure that we are looking at training, uh, improving health in, in the country and uh, uh, education and so on and so forth. So it's a very narrow uh, field. And to get that to get that designation from IRS is, is very important. That means we get a break on on on, on our income and, and and various things. It's very important to us, and it, it, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a recognition that it's important to have. And I, I, I go I'd ahead. I'd like to add a little bit too on that. And Mike, because of where my experience comes from, I worked with a trade association, the IICRC. 
uh, previously. In fact, I was a founder of a trade association many years ago. Trade associations serve their members. An organization like Siri, which is a nonprofit uh, technical professional organization, when in our case we focus on science and research, uh, they aren't responsible to, to our, we aren't responsible to our members. We're responsible to the overall industry and we're responsible to the public. That is our mission. Uh, that, that's our responsibility. And so there's a, a fundamental difference between a trade association and a organization such as Siri. And I don't think most people in the industry recognize that. In fact, a lot of trade association people don't recognize the really what their association is supposed to be doing. And so they expect associations to do the to do things that are beyond the scope of they of what they're allowed to do. Mm. That's one of the reasons, by the way, why one of the membership categories for Siri is trade associations, because as a non-trade association, we can provide to their members things that they are not able to provide. And uh, we feel as a, I mean, it's as Jim mentioned, it's it's going to take a little bit of time, but we feel as though once the associations understand this, they're going to to recognize the value that that working with Siri can bring. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great point, John. I think it's an important point that um, you know we Cliff and I help a little small regional trade association, and uh, I think we should probably look at being able to be a member of Siri and then we could, you could help us with, for instance, uh, information that we can make sure our members have access to. You've got a lot of great information on the Siri website and, and most of it, I'm, I'm not sure, maybe all of it is uh, open to the public. Is that, that correct? No, we got one. So we got, we're going to have a member section, which is actually in, in, in construction and we'll be changing some, some things on the site. I see. Okay. And that, but I think you, you're a great clearinghouse for all this information and, and it, it needs to be accessible to the industry. You know, all the articles and the papers and the research and so forth that there'll be a membership application on its way, Joe. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Joe is a member, by the way. I am. Oh, okay. I, I am a member. And, and by the way, Joe, on that, um, the, it, there is going to be more of a, a more robust members only section because we have to provide benefits to our members. Sure. But and this is important. Trade association members get the value of the website through their association of, of Siri. So they get that value through their association membership. That's one of the more important things that, uh, I, we feel like we can provide to the trade associations that they don't do themselves. I think these guys are on overtime, John. They're <laughs> going to get paid for overtime here. <laughs> Cliff, let me let me let me let you get the last uh, question in, and then, of course, we always like to finish with anything that Jim would like to add. Okay, um, Jim, you know you've been at Siri for a while now, and there's been you know good, bad, and mediocre. Um, what? from your perspective, has been Siri's greatest accomplishment? Well, I think the science that we did, that we did uh, with our partner ISSA was, the, was outstanding. It, 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 has built, it has created a foundation 
uh, for K through 12 schools. There's more to be done on that and we need to work things out. But uh, I think that was the, clearly, that was a major, major uh, science effort. Can you just tell, because uh, some listeners may be unfamiliar with it, if you just, you know, with, you know. Well, we were looking, we were looking to how we can measure the surface in schools to see when, when, a, when a surface is clean. Mm-hmm. And that took an awful lot of, of, of research and a lot of repetition. And we backed into, and we found out that the best measurement we could come up with was ATP, okay. using an ATP device. Mm-hmm. We didn't start out that way. The, the, sci- the science brought us that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that regard, we learned a great deal. And, and, and then we begin to build, uh, bring ATP into the industry. And uh, now it's, it's very definitely in the industry. Uh, but only in a small way. It's got a long ways to go. Thank you. And that led to a standard um, with ISSA, is that? That's correct. We have a standard with ISSA. Their their members have access to it. And uh, we've got some things we'd like to do uh, with them uh, in the future. We want to build our organization first and get some things, get our feet under us for the new venture, new direction that we're going. And we're talking to a number of associations at this point, and there's a lot of interest, but they move slowly. And, and, and that's just a mechanism that we have to mm-hmm. appreciate. I also want to quickly mention before we, before we close out uh, two things. One is 501c3. Uh, as I understand it, you can take donations and then they're tax deductible. Is that accurate? That's accurate, Joe. So go at it, babe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and finally, I, I don't think – I, I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention your, your cleaning science advisory board. I know that uh, Richard Shaughnessy has been a part of that for many years, and he was a big part of the uh, ISSA uh, and the school's clean study that you, you worked together yep. with um, ISSA on. I just wanted to mention him and uh, that work that, that was done there and that, and that there is a cleaning science advisory board that, you know, you, you have, PhDs and uh, others on that board that, that help to make sure that the um, information you're sending out to members is, is science-based. Yeah, there's uh, you can go on our website and see that and who they are. Uh, look, uh, this is serious. This is very serious. And uh, uh, there is uh, Dr. Spivak, who's the head of it, and John have worked together, uh, putting together a whole bunch of ideas and, and, and sub- teams and committees uh, as time goes on to tackle certain certain uh, projects or uh, delve into certain things on that whole umbrella of the science advisory council and uh, yeah it, it's 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 unique I don't know that there's anything like it Richard Sonasi said there's nothing like it worldwide but uh, he knows more than I do about it so yeah it's a it's a big 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 piece of who we are it's the essence of who we are and before we go, Jim, I just want to see, are there any final thoughts you have for our listeners? I know we ran a little over, but uh, that's one of the advantages we have as a uh, podcast and uh, a YouTube version. We can go as long as we want. <laughs> well, you know, I thank you for this. I, I had never expected to be on, on your show. I have never seen it. I, it pops up on my screen all the time. When I was investigating various parts of the industry, I had run into Cliff as a very young man many, many years ago, and I recognized his name and uh, and such. 
I think you're doing important work. I know you want to probably reach a lot more people than you're reaching. Everybody does want to do that. Sure. Again, we thank you for the opportunity. I think people that are, are your followers are serious people and they're curious people. And my suspicion is they want to grow individually and as, or, as an organization. So I'd highly recommend if you can find a way to, to our association. Uh, I, I, I'm just, I am just absolutely convinced with beyond any possible doubt uh, that this mission is important. It's right. And it's for the right industry. This is a casual industry in many respects, but biocontamination is not casual. Viruses aren't casual. All these sicknesses that our kids get in school, this is not casual. So this is serious stuff. A pregnant woman in an office building with poor cleaning could be a problem. So we need to get more information out there of the realities and the reasons and, and why things and how things work. Uh, as Dr. Berry has said on a number of occasions, science tells us how things work, why things work, and so on and so forth. And that's going to be our job, and we're going to tackle it. Thank you for... It's not something I, I ever knew was going to happen, uh, but uh, I will sign autographs or anything you want. No I don't know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Jim Harris Sr., I want to thank you so much for joining us today on IAQ Radio and also want to thank Siri for being our, our newest association sponsor. Uh, we look forward to a long relationship. And um, John, before we go, um, you might want to mention quickly your symposium that's coming up in uh, what would it be June or July this year? July 15th to 17th. It's in, it's at Oxford, Ohio, at the University of Miami in Ohio. It is, uh, as all the, the uh, symposiums are, it's a science symposium. Uh, I, I, I know I'm, I'm sensitive that I need to be quick about this, so I, I just briefly say there, there are six different sessions, each featuring three or four short presentations, followed by a panel discussion. And uh, we are really working on making this, and it's very consistent with the things that you're doing, Joe, uh, a research to practice, practice to research symposium so that we've got a good mix of the different disciplines that are required for us to build that science of cleaning. Thank you. Uh, you can bet IAQ Radio will be covering that and uh, we'll, be, we'll be helping out as much as we can. And then uh, Siri will also be uh, helping with their sponsorship of IAQ Radio. So it's a, it's a great relationship. We look forward to uh, continuing it as time goes on. This is Radio Joe Hughes saying thanks so much to Jim Harris Sr., uh, also to John Donnie for joining us today. I want to thank my co-host, the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick at the controls. John, you got to have faith. Most importantly, our growing group of loyal listeners. And by the way, we've got a uh, another great show lined up next week. We've got Dr. Gene Cole. Um, in fact, I picked up, uh, I, I decided that we had to get Gene on after I saw his article in the first Siri, uh, what we call this cleaning science quarterly. So, uh, looking forward to a great discussion next Friday at noon on the next episode of IAQ Radio Plus. For IAQ Radio, I'm Spike Reed saying thanks for listening.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.